as we go into the end of the year, it it does look, it's not looking as bad as it was three months ago, for example. Can we, what are we thinking when we're looking at um 2024? Can we be optimistic right now thinking, you know what? It's been a terrible 2023, but 2024 is looking a bit more promising. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you, you mentioned the fact that the stock market um has, has rallied, uh, especially... Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you today? Yes, yes, Peter. Um, I'm nursing a bit of a cold, but you know, the show must go on. I'm very much looking forward to what 2024 has in store for us. And that makes me very excited for this conversation today. Come on, come on, come on, man. Good to hear from you, my bro. And by the time our listeners are hearing this, I think it might be one day before Christmas. So a massive uh, Merry Christmas in advance to our listeners. We see you, we appreciate you. And yeah, man, we just recognise you, man. So a massive shout out to you all. Um, Jax, uh, you mentioned, I mean, we've gone through, um, we're coming up to the end of the year, 2023. So much stuff has happened. Um, I mean, for any of our listeners, you just have to listen to our last 50 or so episodes this year, and you will definitely get a bit of a flavour of what's happened this year. And of course, some of you have personal experiences as well. And when we're talking about what's happened this year, we mean in the um, across the um, economy as well and the financial markets. Um, but Jax, to, today we are going to be taking a look at what is the outlook? Looking forward, what is the outlook for 2024 for financial markets? I mean, it's been a, a, a crazy year, um, in my opinion. So what is the outlook for 2024 uh, next year? But before we do that, let's actually just reflect what's actually happened this year. Maybe just take a little deep dive into some of the notable things that have happened this year. Yeah, um, I think you would have been had to live in, under a rock to uh, not have noticed some of the things that have happened uh, this year when we talk about financial markets and the economy. I think the uh, most um, prevalent one is uh, high inflation and inflation remaining quite sticky, um, especially during the first half of, of 2023 across uh, the developed world. So that includes uh, the US and the UK, etc., um, and also, uh, of course, in response to that higher and, and stickier inflation, uh, central banks across the, across the developed world as well have had to uh, continue to increase uh, interest rates, which have had, of course, uh, adverse impacts on, on individuals, uh, including myself, who had to remortgage, for example. And so it's been a very uh, interesting year, a difficult year for most people. Um, we are still in what what people refer to as a, a cost of living crisis, um, and and it's been tough. It's been tough. That's mm. how the the first half, especially, or the first let's say the first uh, three quarters of twenty twenty three was. And you know, and you mentioned, you know, one would have had to live under a rock if they haven't seen what's going on. And uh, in a lot of cases, that's actually true. I mean, it's on the news, particularly in the first, I'll say, three quarters of the years, heavily um, in the news as well, particularly the whole cost of living crisis, but interest rates and mortgage rates, all of that stuff. But I mean, there are a lot of people that 
for whatever reason, it may not um, personally affect um, affect them outside of the whole, um, you know, cost of living when it comes to buying food and all of that jazz, right? Um, just how bad has this been for the economy when we think of the last 100 years? Like, how serious has it actually been, the times we are in? For those people that might just say, okay, inflation's at 10%, but thinking, okay, well, how does that affect me? Like, how bad has it really been, in your opinion, this in yeah. 2023? Yeah, I think, um, even if we don't use the word bad, but just how intense, I think that's, that's probably a better word, how, how mm. intense it has been. I think, um, you know, we are experiencing or we have experienced record, uh, rec records being broken. <laughs> and, mm. and, and one of those records has been the speed of, of interest rate hacks by, by central banks. Um, we've never experienced this before where interest rates have been um, increased consistently um, back to back to back to back or over such a short period. And that is quite a shock to, to the economy. And so um, that does have a very, uh, you know, aggressive impact on some people, um, especially borrowers. So, so, you know, I've heard of people um, that, have mortgages um, that, you know, their mortgages have come up to an end uh, in terms of the fixed rate. Here in the UK, many people get two-year rates or two-year fixed rates, five-year fixed rates, sometimes even three years. Um, and when that's coming to an end and you are coming to an end um, during a period of high in, high interest rates, um, you have to remortgage onto a, a more expensive product. And some people have seen their mortgage rates go up by as much as let's say a thousand pounds per month and that's that's very very detrimental to people's personal finances and their personal financial statements um it's something that many people would have never expected to happen and you know and it's and it's such a reality what you just said in terms of many people would not have expected many people who got onto the property ladder just three years ago um, have not seen times like this. Have not been. If you were under, I'll say, what under forty, maybe. Mm. Um, we've we might have heard of things, but we've not seen um times like this with higher interest rates and how much it actually affects us when it comes to remortgaging. And sadly, what that does mean, um, because you know we, a lot of us wasn't expecting this. What it does mean is that when people do have to now pay 500, 800, 1,000 pounds more a month, unfortunately, there will be a percentage of those people that cannot afford it. Um, and it will lead to, obviously, you know, the, the consequences as a result of that. And even yeah. then, we might see a lot more of that happening in 2024, which is such a shame. Yeah. So you you effectively become uh, insolvent mm. because now your, your outgoings can easily now exceed uh, your income. And remember, this is also at a time where inflation has taken place. So mm. just the cost of, of living has gone up and, you know, uh, energy prices and food prices have, have gone up. So it, mm. it, it has costed you more to put uh, petrol in your, in, in your car um, and your weekly shopping, your weekly food shopping um, has become more expensive as well. So you kind of hit on all angles, unfortunately. Um, and that's, 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 that's quite tough. That's quite tough. And that's been kind of the, you know, the, the tune that has been played throughout throughout uh, 2023 hmm. hence why there's always rumors and um news articles about are we going into a recession or because surely there's only so much the economy can take before it takes a deep dive so much so we go into an official recession well absolutely so 
Um, if anyone has listened to any financial news, you, you've probably heard of uh, jargon. This jargon that has been thrown around uh, quite a bit is that of uh, a soft landing or a, or a hard landing. Um, and so when you when you hear that, I think the way to understand it is we we are going through a period of high inflation. High inflation, like I said earlier, is is not great for people, the ordinary people, especially um, especially those on a low lower income, because food um, expenditure becomes high and just the cost of living becomes high. Um, and very quickly you, you can become insolvent. Um, and so inflation is not good. And the response to high inflation uh, by central banks is to raise interest rates, to cool their economy down. And, and that is a way to bring down inflation. But it, the issue with that is that, you know, the moment you start to increase uh, interest rates, the economy gets hit, individuals get hit, businesses get hit, borrowers get hit. And so um, now you have this, the central banks and the governments have had this extremely difficult uh, task of trying to cool down inflation using higher interest rates without completely wiping out people and businesses by you know, having interest rates way too high. And mm -hmm. so when you hear the term hard landing, the hard landing essentially means, hey, we've been able to bring down inflation to its target of two, 3%. However, we've had to sacrifice the strength of the economy, the growth of the economy to do so, which also causes higher unemployment. Hmm. That's a hard landing. A soft landing is essentially where you've been able to uh, cause inflation to come down without completely, you know, killing off the economy and then causing higher unemployment, et cetera. And that's been the biggest kind of uh, task and, and goal of, of central banks and some governments across the world. And that's that's what we're looking forward to and seeing that the total outcome of that. Hmm. And it is a long wait, right? But on, on that um point around um, you know, unemployment, I think when you know, if we was to look at okay, we've seen all of this turmoil uh this year, economic turmoil this year. And um one thing that we can probably confidently say is that there hasn't been a significant um difference when it comes to unemployment, as for example, if we was to compare to what happened in 2008, for example. Yeah, and, and and I think that's where many people are now um, eyeing up um, a potential soft landing mm. where, you know, even though interest rates have been uh, increased and increased at a very intense and rapid pace, um, the data that's coming out, economic data coming out, like an unemployment rates, et cetera, have actually been strong um, or have not been bad, let's put it that way. Mm. And so, um, yeah, there, there are signs uh, that we may actually have a, a soft landing and that's almost like the perfect scenario. Hmm. Now, before we actually go a bit deeper into that in terms of looking at next year, what 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 should we be expecting for next year based on what we've been seeing? Obviously, no one can tell the future, but based on what we've been seeing. Um, my question to you, actually, for 2023, who would you say, we've spoken about all of these things that have happened, but who would you say, if any, have perhaps benefited from uh, this environment or has probably not been affected so much as maybe other groups have been, if any. Yeah. So I think the, the way to look at it is <laughs> history uh, doesn't always repeat itself identically, but it does rhyme. Um, and we know that generally in periods of high inflation, those who benefit are often those of the higher income, uh, higher wealth uh, people, those that um, are asset owners generally. Mm -hmm. So a so, uh, bit of education here, because there is something that I tend to see uh, misunderstood, especially on social media, is that, you know, um, higher inflation 
um, has not got a, a bad impact on, on asset prices, generally speaking, especially on quality assets. So you find that a lot of assets like uh, property uh, and you know quality equities are actually beneficiaries of inflation, right? So you have price inflation, which means that asset prices go up, property prices go up, and these are all parts of inflation, generally speaking. So inflation as a standalone is not the negative thing for asset prices. It's actually the response to high inflation, hmm. which is higher interest rates, uh, because higher interest rates will affect the ability for businesses to borrow, um, and it also affects the way assets are valued because um, I don't want to get too technical, but generally um, when you're valuing assets, you have to use something called a discount rate. Um, and that discount rate is often uh, the interest rate that you can get by buying things like government bonds, which is directly tied to the current interest rates. Mm. So, so yeah, those people that own assets are those people that, you know, are wealthy, have uh, strong balance sheets, which means they have uh, low debt, lots of cash and stuff like that. They, things like that doesn't actually hit them in such a negative way. Um, and also, I think to add to that as well, is people that actually understand business and economic cycles. Mm. So so the people that have been hit, um, even as an asset owner, if you are an asset owner who doesn't understand the longevity game of, of investing, um, that investing can be a roller coaster sometimes but just like a roller coaster the people that get hurt on a roller coaster are those that jump off <laughs> when it gets scary um those people that may have started mm. investing um and you know experienced uh you know a lot of asset prices going down and got scared out of asset prices those people will also be hit um those people that you know needed liquidity um but you know put all the liquidity in asset prices or assets sorry those people would have been hit as well. But those who had a well-diversified portfolio who are playing the long game, you also see that actually um, at the point of shooting this podcast, which is end of 2023, December, uh, the stock prices have actually bounced back mm. and we are actually finishing the year on a positive. Um, so those people who have the income um, and understand investing for the long term have actually benefited. And those who are hit, well, there's plenty, right? There's a long list. Mm. Um, but one of those lists are those people that don't own assets, those people that um, have a lot of debt um, and those people that don't actually understand the game of investing for the long term. All these people have been hit. Those people that have invested but have not invested properly, um, they haven't diversified properly, they haven't looked at their balance sheets and they may be even over leveraged um, in terms of buying too many properties and using too much debt. Those people have been significantly hit as well. Wow, 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 wow. So much the yeah, so much info there, man. That's really useful. And it, it just it's a harsh reminder that at these points in the economic cycle where is where the wealth gaps gets bigger and bigger between the uh well, those who do own assets and who are so-called wealthy and unfortunately the poorer. And the gap gets bigger and bigger bigger because the poorer hit the most. And as you've just clearly articulated those that um are wealthy in terms of assets and understand the economic cycle and know how to leverage of that they get slightly they benefit more well absolutely absolutely and that's and that's just uh that comes with knowledge mm. um and, and that's what we provide here at the world finance podcast absolutely um you know you, you've probably heard us talk about the business cycle the economic cycle and this thing has been going on for many many years we go through debt cycles, we go through booms and busts, um, we go through economic turmoil, uh, peaks and troughs. These things always happen. Um, and it's about being prepared 
uh, for it in either stage. So, you know, when we're going through economic expansion, when things are great and things are at the peak, it's also important to understand that uh, usually at the peak, the only thing, one, one thing happens straight after is you go straight to the trough. So you go, you go from up to down and then down to up. So when mm-hmm. things are up, you, you, you know, you, you're mindful that it can go down. Go down. Mm-hmm. And when things are down, you're mindful that, hey, it doesn't mean it's going to stay like that forever because history shows us that things uh, come back up. Hmm. Love that, love that, love that. Now, as you mentioned, um, when it comes to the stock market, um, equities are up at the moment. Um, it's uh obviously often referred to as the so-called Santa Claus rally. Um <laughs> and you know, not not just that, but um even you know, all over the world, particularly here in the UK, in, in when we're looking at inflation data, um, it has been slowing down. Um, I think uh the most recent figures we've got in end of December, it's uh headline inflation's gone down to slow down to 3.9%. Um, so as we go into the end of the year, it, it does look, it's not looking as bad as it was three months ago, for example. Can we, what are we thinking when we're looking at um 2024? Can we be optimistic right now thinking, you know what? It's been a terrible 2023, but 2024 is looking a bit more promising. So Jax, I mean, my question to you is, what are we actually, or can we be expecting next year? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you, you mentioned the fact that the stock market um has, has rallied, uh, especially in uh, the final quarter of the year. Um, and I think the UK stock market is probably flat this year, I think. And the US market or the broader market, which includes our world market, is actually up. And I think the key thing to remember here for our guests is that the stock market is a forward-looking pricing mechanism. A lot of jargon there, but what I'm trying to say here is the stock market is a market and the way it presses assets is based on its feelings about the future. And so um, generally the time frame is six months. So if the stock market is going up as a whole, often it's because the sentiment is that the next six months will be good for the financial markets. Mm. Um, and that's why sometimes the stock market is going up, even though the current economy is doing really bad. And the opposite could be true as well, where the stock market is down, but the economy is, is looking good because it's forward looking. So the, the market as we as we as we see it now is is um pressing in a, a pretty optimistic 2024. Um essentially what it's, it's looking at is potential rate cuts. I believe uh the market is predicting a 25 basis points rate cut in March, which is the end of Q1 2024. 25 basis points basically means 0.25% for those that don't understand basis points. So it's, 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 it's hoping and it's pressing in the fact that there will be cuts um, in the US um, of, of this 25 basis points. And I believe it's also predicting that by the end of uh, 2024, there will be a further um, 1.25%, which is 125 basis points cut as well, which is generally an attractive thing for, for risk assets. So it's, it's attractive for equities, stock shares, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we can be optimistic. Um, and we can be optimistic, especially those who are um, looking to remortgage next year, that if the market has priced things correctly and things play out how it's, 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 it's predicted to play out, then uh, interest rates will go down and people's mortgages should go down as well, which is quite exciting for those who are, you know, well, I don't know about exciting, but it's better <laughs> for those <laughs> who, who are due to remortgage uh, later on next year. 
Um, but yeah, there, there's there are reasons to be optimistic. Um, just like I, I believe there are always reasons to be optimistic in, in financial markets. But you know, just just like there's one side to uh, to being optimistic, there's another side to being pessimistic as well. Of course, of course, and you know, just to hone in on you know um, the prediction around interest rates potentially being cut. Um, I think you mentioned in, in the in the US, but this would be the first cut in what like eight. We're in a significant uh, piece of time, so it's quite a big thing. If when that first cut happens, I know it's been frozen, um, but when that first um, cut happens, it will be quite a big thing, and. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jats, but generally the UK, and I don't think the UK would admit, but the UK tends to try and copy the US over time, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think the whole world tends to follow the US. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, they yeah. set pace. They set pace. And, and remember, we live in a global uh, economy. Uh, there is a lot of globalization with America dominating the stock market, for example. I believe uh, if we look at the uh, stock market as a whole, the US uh is about 60% of the mm. whole market, right? So it is true that the stock the US stock market is often the leading <laughs> the leading indicator as to what's about to happen. Um, I mean, in the UK, inflation has been a bit more stickier. Um, and Europe has obviously experienced even like its own recession and that kind of stuff. So the markets are different, but they are to a high extent interlinked. Um, and that's that's obviously important to 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 know um to and to understand and remember also if you are an investor the chances are um yes there are some people that may have a home bias and may invest purely in UK equities but I don't I don't really know that many people that do that most of us will have a global uh portfolio a well diversified global portfolio and if that's the case the chances are you are highly concentrated in the US. Mm. And and most people I know as well, some people are purely just the US, so they might just invest in the uh, standard and put this S and P five hundred, for example. Mm. Wow, wow, no, loving it, loving. It. I mean, these things are sounding fairly promising, you know. Um, in my opinion, and m- maybe the listeners are also in agreement as well. But what else can we be expecting? Um, for two thousand and twenty-four. Yeah, I think you know, there's a, there's a lot going on. Um, there's. If we look at businesses, um, the data tells us businesses are actually still doing all right. So mm-hmm. uh, companies are still paying out dividends. Uh, companies are still profitable. Um, as I said, sentiments always changing. Things are are looking exciting. There are some industries that are looking quite exciting. So, um, again, I'm sure many many of our listeners have heard of the. Uh, I don't want to call it the hype because we don't know if it's a hype or if it's something that's going to be revolutionary. I believe it is. Not sure how long it's going to take, but it is which is that of um, artificial intelligence. Mm. Um, so the AI uh, theme is, is definitely something to, to think about and to look forward to. Um, and there are, even in the healthcare industry, uh, there are certain products that have been uh, tested and people have been taken, which um, are looking very interesting. There's one specific one that focuses on uh, weight loss, um, mm. literally taking taken, uh, something that allows you to, to lose weight um, in a... In a, in a mm, healthier way than you would have probably done in, in the past <laughs> um so so there's all these interesting themes that are emerging and and things that to, to, to we have to pay attention to um but i also think uh we have to keep um our eye on the potential risks mm. that um persist um around the world um for me particularly the geopolitical risk that takes place mm. um we we have you know we haven't even mentioned it but you know we experience quite a bit of negativity when it comes to you know uh, conflict 
mm. around the world with two two major wars taking place. So I think we we do have to pay attention to how that plays out in 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 twenty twenty four, um, and also we have a, a major thing going on in the US, which is uh, the US election. Mm. So we we have to pay attention as to how things play out there as well. And those are the things that uh, I will definitely be uh, concerned to see what what happens there. And if those things can can uh, you know materialize in a positive way, then I think next year could be a very positive year for for financial markets and for economic agents like myself and yourself peter and our listeners come on come on come on man that's i mean it's so important to always look at uh opportunities and you know hearing that is yeah fairly yeah it's it's quite exciting as well um, and it's interesting that you mentioned the ai opportunity i mean this year and even last year we've seen you know the the big uh, companies from the so-called is it magnificent seven, magnificent seven yeah. um you know your googles and apple um and obviously meta previously called facebook battling yeah. it out for nvidia yeah um, nvidia um even microsoft they've you know yes. um battling it out for you know things like chat chat gpt google i've just launched uh, is it gemini now a few days ago yes yeah. they're really just battling it out so obviously it's almost like the inevitable. It's just about when it's going to happen in terms yes. of when it's completely worldwide, so to speak. Um, so yeah, man, we're going into we're we're already in a different world, but you know yeah, it's going to be I, even more different. Absolutely. Look, I I I've started to use ChatGPT particularly, um, in the final quarter um, mm. of this year, and I find it amazingly useful. Mm. Um, it's, it's so amazing what it can do, the results it can present. Sometimes I'm actually gobsmacked <laughs> at the results that it really produces. And if this is just the beginning, then mm. uh, it's. I think it's really exciting what's going to happen over the next decade or so. Um, and we'll see in 2024 how, how things play out. And, you know, potentially, of course, this is not investment advice or, or recommendation, but there are people who, who uh, think it's actually an amazing time to really... Uh, you know, allocate some capital towards these companies um, that, you know, are beneficiaries um, of, of uh, artificial intelligence. And those are, they are going to be the driving force of artificial intelligence, AI. So yeah, I think that really creates an opportunity for long-term investing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that say that, I don't know if you've heard this, Peter, but there are people that say that this uh, art- AI may be a bigger, uh, may have a bigger impact than the internet. Hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but the internet has been <laughs> it's been has had the biggest impact in our day to day lives today. So, if artificial intelligence is going to be bigger, which I'm, I'm not sure it will be, but let's see, then uh, this might be an opportunity to allocate capital towards it. Well, I mean, history tells us we go through different revolutions, right? Um, yes. And those revolutions can take decades to happen, but it would be no surprise that this was the next one um, as well. So, I mean, if it did take over and is bigger than the internet, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised. It's, um, so, yeah, it's just a bit crazy because usually after each revolution, it's usually like a lifetime or 50 or 60, 70 years or so. But listen, with technology, things are much faster now. So yeah, man, yeah. Um, really interesting. But now, Jax, it's really been good to just chop things up in terms of reflecting on where we where we have been in 2023, but potentially what 2024 is going to look like. And hopefully for our listeners, um, filled with a bit of optimism as well, because it's not always easy to reflect on so much negativity that has gone on and then to... But say, oh, but it's gonna. It might be a bit more positive <laughs> um, uh, in the future as well. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I always say history uh, doesn't identically repeat itself, but it does rhyme. Okay. And, you know, often when we go through uh, bad, difficult times, um, it, we often come out and come out even stronger. Hmm. Um, it's about when it's that thing kickstarts. And as I said earlier, the, the financial markets, uh, the stock market is pressing in. Um, that changed to happen uh, as soon as uh, Q Q one of twenty twenty four. So let's let's keep our eyes peeled um, and let's be excited and let's see how we can continue to build financial resilience and create wealth for the long term uh, next year. Love it, love it. Financial resilience. Listen, I'm gonna give a shout out to where we're getting listeners from. Um, and the city we're giving a shout out today is our listeners in Multan, which is in Pakistan, a city in Pakistan. Hey, this, I think this is our second uh town or city we've, we've heard from Pakistan. Come on. Um, so welcome to the World Finance Podcast. You are here with myself, Jax, and the co-host Peter. On this podcast, we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. If you want to know more about what we do, because World Finance is much more than just a podcast, we serve in the community. Head over to www.wokefinance.co.uk. That's www.wokefinance.co.uk. And sign up to our mailing list so you are kept to date with all the amazing things that we are doing. And if you want to engage with us on our socials, we are predominantly on Instagram. That will be at Walt Finance Team. Again, that's at Walt Finance Team. We are also on LinkedIn and we are becoming more and more uh, present on LinkedIn. So make sure you search for Walt Finance. You are sure to find us. But yeah, I hope you are enjoying the podcast and I hope, I hope you're gaining tons of value. Come on, come on, come on. And massive shout out to our listeners over there in Pakistan and all over the world. Jax, man, any final thoughts or comments before I let you go? Yeah, I think, you know, like like I've been saying, there's there's things to look forward to, there's things to keep an eye on. But I think the most important thing is to continue our good financial habits of, you know, being being prudent, being excited, allocating capital effectively and efficiently, and not allowing our emotions to dictate how we manage our money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, whether 2024 is exciting or not, when you are someone who's uh, built some good financial habits and you are managing your money effectively, every year is an opportunity, right? If the stock market goes up, for example, you will do well because you are an asset owner. If the stock market goes down, hey, as someone who's got capital available, you get to pick up um, assets at a much cheaper price. So either way, as a capital uh, allocator, as someone who is uh, prudent and wise with their investment, someone who is managing their personal financial statements, which means you're, you know, you're paying down your debts, you're uh, keeping a cash reserve or an emergency fund, you're building good habits. Whatever the economy throws at us, we will be able to deal with it. And I want to finish on um, saying uh, that, you know, Warren Buffett always says that even though economic forecasts are interesting and they're fun to do, um, ultimately, you know, him and our and late Charlie Munger focus much more on investing in quality um, because mm-hmm. we can't predict what's going to happen, but we can keep an eye on it and we can adjust our finan- finances accordingly. Hmm. Love it, love it, love it. Brilliant way to end, man. Thank you very much for that, Jax. And to our listeners, man, thank you very much for staying tuned with us, man. Do what you normally do, man. Share this with someone or use it 
to spark a conversation with someone um yeah with someone you know a friend family member whoever um if you don't really speak about finance in general this is your opportunity might might be that one thing you can do for 2024 new year's resolution and that um yeah we're gonna leave you there man make sure you do have a lovely festive season and we'll see you on the next episode and remember all stay woke <laughs>